Hey everyone and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife as always, Liberty. We're a married couple with different hobbies and we try to force them upon each other by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. And we're recording the sports episode second, which is kind of strange, but it won't make a difference to you guys because you'll still listen to them in the normal order. We had some scheduling conflicts and it has led to having to record in a different order at different times and everything's just kind of a mess right now. Needless to say, the slightest bit of that being the case because it's been chaos. But this is the penultimate episode for the third season. Yes, we're on the third season. And we're going to have a two-week break after that. Which is exciting. I'm ready for a break, but it's really not a break because we're doing other things during said break. But yeah, it's great. But let's get straight into the news. We have a decent amount of player health that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I dug a little deeper, I feel like, than you did on that one just a tad bit. But we started off with the Red Wings forward Tyler Bertuzzi. He exited in the final seconds of overtime against the Anaheim Ducks after he took a skate blade to the wrist. Ow. Yeah, he was bleeding a little bit, to say the least. That that sounds bad. How did I not hear about this? I'm not sure, because the videos weren't great of it, so maybe that's why it wasn't, like, floating around the internet. Like, look at this hockey player lose all the blood in his arm. It's a little graphic. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. Like, I don't... I watched the video about three or four times, and... You don't see it like gushing out of his wrist or anything like that, which I guess is lucky for him. But anytime they have to come out with the scraper to get the blood off the ice, that's a little graphic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it would freeze almost instantly to touch the surface. But still, blood is blood. Also, I feel like the Sabres are like just getting kicked while they're down over and over and over. Hopefully not with a skate blade. And over again. Yeah, not with a skate blade in, in their instance. In their instance, it's goalies. They were already down their starting goalie, Craig Anderson, who's listed month to month, and their number two goalie, Dustin Tokarski. He's week to week recovering from COVID issues. That's fun. Yeah, he's already past the contagious time, but has some outstanding health issues, as we know comes with COVID sometimes. Go figure. But it gets worse. The Sabres continue to receive that bad news related to their goalie position because goalie Uko Pekka Lukanen, oh yeah, I hope I got that That right. That is so many K's in someone's name. Will be out week to week with a lower body injury. And goalie Malcolm Subban, who they just traded for, uh, will be out month to month with an upper body injury. So who's number five? I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. I'm a little concerned. But I know that they play, I believe, either... Tonight or tomorrow, so we'll find out, I guess. Next man up in a crazy, crazy, crazy kind of way. Your fifth string goalie who never thought you'd get an opportunity to play in the NHL, but tis the season. Also, Connor Brown is week to week for the Ottawa Senators with a broken jaw. The forward was injured in the warm-up before the win in Calgary on Thursday, January 13th, but he played in that game. So he broke his jaw and was just like, I don't know that it's broken at the time, but sure, I'll play feeling this. So you think it was like a fracture or something like that? Or do you think it was something a little more intense, possibly? I would hope that a player wouldn't put himself in harm's way in that way, where if it was worse, he would have been like, yeah, I can't play. Right. But at the same time, like... It's a hockey player? I've seen athletes be that stupid before. Right. So it it could be anything. But he spent about a third of the time on ice during that game. 19 minutes, 28 seconds ice time. That's a lot of time for a guy with a broken jaw. Yes. To say the least. I mean, hopefully all that adrenaline and the endorphins really helped him not feel it. Right. Yeah, he's got to take some time. 
And of course, he's probably going to come back with a cage. For obvious reasons, to protect in any way possible at that point, I would imagine. And then there were some signings this week, which I guess isn't too weird because we're not near the like end of the season yet. But like it's right. kind of uncommon-ish in the middle of the year. But uh, the Minnesota Wild signed defenseman John Merrill to a three-year contract extension for $3.6 million, or an AAV, as basic math would teach you, $1.2 million. I'm pretty sure everyone just heard that car go by, but it's that time of night on the weekend, so sorry. We apologize. Also, in goalie news, Boston Bruins have signed goaltender Tuka Rask to a one-year $1 million contract. He will only earn 545000 because he's starting the season less than halfway through the current season. He was expected to be out seven months after having surgery to repair a torn hip labrum, but has been recovering ahead of schedule. It's an athlete, so I would question whether they should return that early, but who knows? Well, it was supposed to be a career ender, so the fact that he's back as quickly as he is is pretty impressive. I could see this being something he re-injures this season or in the playoffs, but we'll find out together. On next week's episode of Pucks and Pages. There are no episodes next week. Oh, well, you'll have to wait then for the next episode of Pucks and Pages. Mark Bergevin was named the senior advisor to the LA Kings GM Rob Blake on Sunday, January 9th. He was fired as GM of the Montreal Canadiens on November 28th. So you can clearly understand why the Kings would want someone like that advising the GM. Well, in fairness, he's built a roster out of nothing. And like the team played really well last year, but has been just injury prone this year. So I feel like that's making excuses for someone who had that job for how long and he wasn't able to string it together this season like he's got experience yes but he's also been down as starting goalie the entire season and really did not make any moves to pick up a halfway decent secondary backup goalie and you can blame him for that but i do yeah but also we have some different opinions when it comes to what i would consider excuses for gms a lot of people give them a lot of leeway whatever. For me, I don't know if it's just because of the team that I like, but I'm like, okay, he had one bad goalie. And because like the Penguins are always next man up. Like there's always someone to put in the work, take that like on his shoulders in order to get the team where it needs to go. And so I don't understand when someone says, well, there's this bad goalie or it's not a good defenseman or something. It's like, so you don't let him play and you play someone else. And so if you're the GM, it's your responsibility to make a roster. Have depth beyond just the first tier. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you on that. I'm just saying that at the same time, when you're down a goalie like Carey Price... It can affect your season of play, like even if it's just a little bit. That's what my point is, I guess. But I'm saying those just are two different mentalities when it goes to hockey, like the hockey theory side of watching hockey. Yeah. And the last signing that we have for the week is Nicholas Lindstrom, who was named VP of Hockey Operations for the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday, January 11th. The defenseman played his entire 20-season NHL career for Detroit, so of course he's going to work for Detroit. That kind of makes sense, needless to say. And then we pop over to talking about the All-Star Game rosters that have been announced. Obviously, we still have the chance for the last man ups, but we won't go into that because there's a crap ton of players that are in running for that still. We'll just go over really quick over the teams and who the players will be for said teams. Sounds good. 
So the Metropolitan Division will be represented by Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes, Claude Giroux of the Flyers, Jack Hughes from New Jersey. Jack Hughes! I knew you were waiting for that one. Always. Uh, Chris Kreider of the Rangers, Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals, Adam Fox of the Rangers, Adam Pellick from the Islanders, Zach Warinski from the Blue Jackets, Frederick Anderson from Carolina, and Tristan Jari from your Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes. In the Atlantic Division, we have Drake Batherson from Ottawa, Patrice Bergeron from Boston, Jonathan Huberto from Florida, Dylan Larkin from Detroit, Austin Matthews from Toronto, Nick Suzuki from Montreal, Rasmus Dahlin from Buffalo, Victor Hedman from Tampa Bay, Jack Campbell from Toronto, and Andre Vasvaleski from Tampa Bay. Go figure. It's like friggin' beast at goalie for them for God knows how long. Right. In the Central Division, we have Kyle Connor from my Blackhawks, the Alex DeBrinkett, the cat himself. Yep. Kirill Kaprizov from Minnesota, Clayton Keller from Arizona, Jordan Cairo from St. Louis, Nathan McKinnon from Colorado, Joe Pavelski from Dallas, Kale McCarr from Colorado, UC Saros from Nashville, which makes all the sense, and Cam Talbot from Minnesota. I'm kind of glad that Talbot's getting an opportunity to appear in an all-star game because I don't think it's been a very common thing in his career. I think he's been there maybe one more time before now, so... Kudos to him to be a little deeper in the career and still making all-star appearances. In the Pacific Division, we have Leon Dreisaitl for Edmonton. Go figure. Again, he's one of the league-leading scorers, so of course he's going to be in that one. Uh, Jordan Everly from the Kraken. Johnny Goudreau from Calgary. Adrian Kempe from the Kings. Connor McDavid from Edmonton. Timo Meyer from the Sharks. Mark Stone from the Golden Knights. Alex Petrangelo from the Golden Knights. John Gibson from Anaheim. And Thatcher Demko from Vancouver. They actually have a really good goalie pair there, I feel like. Gibson is having a weird, I'm back in my prime season this year. Like, the last couple of years have been pretty rough, but this season he seems to be just turning it on to another level. So, I guess he earned it, you know. But moving on to the other news. We I know have you people have behaving badly. Coaches behaving badly, and here in Dallas, no less, which... The Dallas Stars head coach, Rick Bonus has been fined $25,000. Maybe that was his bonus that he's giving away now. Uh, I figured there was going to be a joke like that coming, but I just wasn't prepared for some reason. I just now thought of it. Yeah. You're welcome. For his actions on the bench following the game against the St. Louis Blues on Sunday, January 9th, for those of you who have not watched the video, he is swinging the stick after the loss but like hitting things and being really aggressive and just like over the top and my main thing that I thought when I saw this is like this isn't even your house no he was in an away game like he's just I, I wouldn't up with mind that as much if it was in Dallas right I can like I still that. would mind it because he's behaving like a petulant child but at the same time it's like this isn't even your place to mess up right like why are you destroying another team's property So I'm glad he got fined for that one. For obvious reasons. Then we've got a player this time. The Montreal Canadiens defenseman Chris Weidman has been suspended for one game without pay for headbutting Boston Bruins forward Eric Halla during the game against the Boston Bruins on Wednesday, January 12th. Weidman will forfeit $3,750. It doesn't seem like that much for a headbutt. I feel like that should cost more. Yeah. Like, not saying that players should, as a whole, like, have a dollar amount in mind when they're about to perform something like that. There goes $5,000. I swear, some players have that thought. Yeah, they're like, 
You know, if I hit him with a stick across the neck, it's only going to cost me about six grand. Let's do it. But we also had one close to your home for your team. The Chicago Blackhawks defenseman Calvin DeHaan has been fined $2,500 for a dangerous trip against Montreal Canadiens forward Cole Caulfield during the game in Chicago on Thursday, January 13th. I didn't see this one because I was at work when this game was going on, so I sadly missed it. I feel like all trips are kind of dangerous trips, so like I feel like it's got to be pretty aggressive to get a fine. Yeah, as a whole, it, it must have been. Again, I didn't see it, so I don't, I don't know exactly what happened with it. But if you're tripping somebody to the point where you're getting fined by the NHL, you probably did something wrong. Or it was close to the boards or something happened. Right. And the last person behaving badly is New York Islanders forward Ross Johnston, who has been suspended for three games without pay for an illegal check to the head of New Jersey Devils forward A.J. Greer during the game in New York on Thursday, January 13th. Johnston will forfeit $15,000. And then the last bit of hockey news overall that we have is about Alex Stalock. Uh, We watched him play when we were there in Minnesota. And he played pretty well against Nashville that night uh, before the world shut down. Yes. (laughs) Before the times of the COVID. But he was recently placed on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. And if he makes it through waivers, he'll play in the AHL as long as his heart condition permits. He's missed a majority of this season so far because of a heart condition that he has been experiencing over this past year. So, Is it something that he developed, like, post-COVID or something? Or was it something he already had? The article didn't really say. I don't know if it was something that was maybe diagnosed for him finally over the last year, but it's something that's new to him. So yeah, it could be a little bit of both. Who knows? COVID's been going around like wildfire, so who who the heck knows in that instance? But yeah, the article said that if he's able to play, it will be at a smaller percentage of games compared to what was Lower normal for him. Time. Yeah, yeah. And moving into the NFL, I know the playoffs are going on right now. I have no idea who's in, who's out, except for I know Dallas lost today, which, you know, it makes my heart happy because I'm just that petty. Yeah, I I know that you're not a big football fan as it were in the first place, let alone to be paying attention to the current football standings of the world. But we'll kind of go over the ones here pretty quickly here for you. In the NFL wildcard round, we had the Bengals defeat the Raiders 26-19. The Bills beat the Patriots 47-17. That was one I didn't quite expect to be so bad. But the Bills are ready to play Did some football. Did you expect the Bills to win, or was that an upset? No, I definitely expected the Bills to win. I just didn't think it was going to be that ugly of a defeat for the Patriots. Oh, okay. So don't get me wrong, Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback, and he's going up against Allen, who's not. Allen has quite a bit more playtime experience competitively in the NFL than Mac Jones has ever had. So I don't know who any of these people are. That was a complete waste of... Mac Jones was the quarterback for Alabama last year. There you go. That's, that's it. That, that tells me nothing. Continue. <laughs> the Buccaneers defeated the Eagles 31-15. to We always love it when a Philadelphia team loses. Always. Yep. Though I also don't like the Buccaneers, so I don't want them to win. And as you spoke about the Cowboys, the 49ers defeated the Cowboys 23-17. to Oh, that's not that bad. Yep. And actively right now, we're in the third quarter of the Chiefs-Steelers game, and it is 21-7, to so there's that. For whom? Actively, who is 21 the, and who is 7? The Chiefs have 21 and the Steelers have 7. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Considering the Steelers are the eighth seed, I don't think anybody really expected them to do much. They got in because two teams lost. So it's like, you don't want to get into the playoffs because teams lose. But now I want them to win. The whole enchilada. The whole enchilada? As they would say. Oh, man. And tomorrow night we have the final game of the Super Wild Card round, and that will be the Cardinals versus the Rams, an NFC West meeting. This is one of those matchups that I like because it could happen in the wild. You think a bird would fight a like mountain goat, like a ram? I feel like it could happen because they are both animals that exist in the wild. Well, you're not wrong. So. Unlike a kraken or a blue, whatever a blue is. What about Buccaneers versus Eagles? They could be like shooting their flintlock pistols at the Eagles as they fly around. Now you're just being silly. Yeah. Either way, after this is all decided, we'll see what rounds are announced for the upcoming weekend. So we'll see what goes when on from there. When is Super Bowl weekend? And are you going to make me watch it again? The Super Bowl is February 13th, so the day before Valentine's Day. And you want to force me to watch it? We'll see. Maybe. No promises that you'll get away with it. You not might it. not get any Valentine's Day presents. Well, considering Valentine's Day is a made-up holiday for homework anyways... Like, I don't know. (laughs) St. Valentine was a person, but that's off topic. Yes. There was one signing this past week. The LA Rams announced on Wednesday, January 12th, that they were signing veteran safety Eric Weddle for their postseason run. He originally retired in 2019, and after not playing in two seasons, his first test will be against the Cardinals in a wild card game on Monday, January 17th. The one we just talked about tomorrow. It all ties. Yep. And it was also the week of firings because welcome to the postseason. As they call it, Black Monday in the NFL. Why wouldn't it be Pink Monday? You get your pink slip. We, we had this conversation. It's because it's a dark time for head coaches. They get fired all over the place this time of year. It's not taking your team from the red to the black, which is the reason Black Friday is called Black Friday. This makes no sense to me. Okay. I don't know what to say. It's just always been the name for it. It's kind of like just a thing that goes along with this work. Okay. Pink Monday firings. Let's cover them. The Minnesota Vikings fired coach Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman on Monday, January 10th. And to stay on the topic of the NFC North, the Chicago Bears fired Matt Nagy and also fired GM Ryan Pace. Also on Monday. Yeah. Pink Slip Monday. The Miami Dolphins fired head coach Brian Flores on Monday after three seasons with the team. What bothers me about this is they started the season one and seven and then won eight games in a row. It's that like, first eight made the decision, I guess. Like, it's just crazy to me. That I don't know what his record is over that three seasons. He has a winning record over the no. three seasons, which is why it's That's even more bad. of a shocker that this is happening. But there's rumors that he's interviewing for my coaching job, and I'd be very happy with him to come up to Chicago. And you're used to losing a lot, so We wouldn't be losing because he's a great coach. I just don't understand why Miami cut him. Like, if you ask a Dolphins fan, hey, are you okay with Brian Flores being fired? They'd probably be like, no, no, I'm not. I'm very upset. Depends on who they get is the correct answer. I guess. We'll see. The New York Giants fired their head coach, Joe Judge, on Tuesday, January 11th, after two seasons with the team. I think the funniest part about this is everybody on Monday was like, how the hell did he dodge getting fired? And then Tuesday morning, they're like, he's fired. And everybody was like, Because it was Pink Tuesday instead of Pink Monday. In New York, they just wanted to be fashionably late. I think that's what it was. 
Well, being even more fashionably late, the Houston Texans fired their head coach, David Coley, on Thursday, January 13th, after only one season with the team. And would you really say he had a team to play with? Because, like, nobody wanted to be there. Nobody wanted to play with that horrible, horrible person that is Deshaun Watson. But, like, the thing for me is, like, you have to give a coach a chance. Right. It'd be like... If after this season, you guys fired the guy being coach for the Blackhawks right now, like he came in halfway through the season, you didn't give him a chance. Right. If that were to happen. And so like one season, that's nothing. Right. That's not enough time. And the reality is like he was dealt a garbage team. Like there's no fans or butts. The organization traded away all their quality players and then was like, here's what we have left. You figure it out. Right. And he was like, uh... Well, I have garbage, so I can give you garbage. Is that okay? Let me try to win a game this year. (laughs) Yeah. And the last firing is the LA Chargers fired their special teams coordinator, Darius Swinton II. I don't know how bad the special teams was for the Chargers this year, but I would wager not great because they fired the head coach, but like, or the special teams coach. So I was going to say it's it's not the head coach. No. Either way, though, it's... It, it must have been bad. Yeah. Moving into what has always been, for me, the most boring sport, but especially now is one of the most boring sports. We have some MLB news. Yeah, not much of it, obviously, due to the lockout, but uh, we do have some signings because as of last Sunday, it became official that teams could use their international monies, which allows them to sign players that are not currently members of the MLB Players Association. But won't they become members upon contract signing? Bingo. That's why they pay them basically as signing bonuses. So instead of signing a contract to be on the team, you're getting a bonus for signing a contract that doesn't say you're on the team? So because they weren't active members of the Players Association before they were signed, they're technically not members so they're not locked out until they sign their contract once their contract is signed then yes they are part of the mlb players association and they can no longer negotiate contracts or talk to the bosses correct so so why is it a signing bonus and not just a regular term of their contract so normally it would be a regular term of their contract but they're doing signing bonuses in order to entice players to sign with them because that's the only way they can accept payment currently under the lockout is signing bonuses and like expected monies for other different reasons correct that aren't the actual terms of the contract correct it's really a big giant gray area and the owners are like we're gonna play in it of course they are and they're gonna concede nothing But the two biggest signings, the number one and number two uh, international prospect were signed. My team signed the fourth prospect, but it wasn't anything like crazy dollar amount like these two teams spent. So each team is given $5.18 million worth of international money. Because why make anything a round number? Again, this is going to be part of the new CBA. It might get larger. Hopefully it does just 5.2 at least, right? But at the moment, $5.18 million. And the New York Yankees have signed the number one international prospect, Roderick Urias, to a $4 million contract. Urias is 17 and is switch-hitting shortstop from the Dominican Republic. Can he sign a contract at 17? Did he have to have his mom sign it? I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe he'll be 18 by the start of the season. I don't know what the stipulation is. 
Currently, he's 17 years old and just got a $4 million payday, so not too bad. Uh, man, he's going to do so much stupid crap with that money. Yeah, coming up from the Dominican Republic is where he grew up playing his baseball. So probably didn't come from, I would imagine, that much money being from the Dominican Republic. So. But any 17-year-old given that much amount of money, does like, it, they're going to do gonna something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, they might not blow all of it, but they're going to do something stupid. Yeah. Washington Nationals have also signed the second-ranked international prospect, Cuban outfield prospect, Cretian Vaquero, or that I don't, I'm sure I butchered that first name and I apologize, to a $4.9 million contract. So they spent almost all their monies on one player. Like, I hope he's worth it. I guess we'll find out in a year or two, probably. But Is that when the lockout's going to end? <laughs> but don't... Based on the conversations that happened this week, it sounds like it is going to be. So we'll talk about that. The MLB made a proposal to the MLB Players Association that was rejected on Thursday, January 13th. The proposal would increase pay to players with more than two years of service in the majors. It also included the creation of the universal designated hitter in a 14-team playoff. Topics not discussed include changes to the competitive balance tax and raising the minimum salary. The players were disappointed in this offer, but now the ball is in their court or, you know, whatever the MLB equivalent is to the ball is in their court. The ball is in their field? I don't think that works. (laughs) The 2022 schedule has not been impacted by the lockout as of Thursday, but the MLB could ultimately cancel a portion or all of spring training if the lockout extends well into 2022. I'm thinking there's a chance they're even going to end up canceling some games and not have a full regular season. However many that is. 52. No, quite a bit more than that. 152. Still more than that. 164. I think you're pretty close. It's been a minute since I've had to look up. I want to say it's like 162 games. Yes. It's 162? 162 games. So definitely not 52? Definitely not 52. Mm. But it seems like the... Players are willing to play ball, but the owners aren't. I see what you did there. Thank you. I don't know that our listeners are going to be quite as like, oh my God, that's the funniest thing, but it was a good That's try. too bad because it is. Yeah. And then we had one last bit of MLB news. Travis Snyder announced on Instagram on Thursday, January 13th, that he will be retiring from the MLB after eight major league seasons. He last played in the major leagues in 2015 with Pittsburgh. He spent last season with the Atlanta Braves AAA farm team, and I have a quote from the Instagram post. He said, I have spent many waking hours and sleepless nights trying to find a way back to the show, how to fix my swing, how to be a better teammate and a leader. What I have learned through those experiences is what gives me the confidence in this transition to becoming a former player. And I think it's probably going to be hard for anyone to be able to say, you know, I didn't have as long of a career as I wanted, but I'm still going to retire. Right. But it's good that he's able to be in a place where he can admit to when he's not able to get back and do the thing. As to when it's time to kind of take care of himself rather than just keep throwing himself at it. Right. But like eight seasons is still a decent amount of time. Some people never play a single major league game. Present. 
But moving on to the NBA, we start off with injuries. This one is the most recent one during the week, it seemed. Nets forward Kevin Durant left Saturday's game after having a player fall awkwardly on his leg, which caused a knee sprain. He will undergo an MRI on Sunday to see the severity of the injury. And based off the MRI results that came today, he will be out about four to six weeks. So It doesn't sound too bad if it's only four to six weeks and not months. Right. And then Chicago Bulls forward Derek Jones Jr. is expected to miss two to four weeks with a right knee injury he sustained during the game against the Nets on January 12th. An MRI revealed no ligament damage. It did show significant bone bruising. Bone bruising is kind of annoying. Like, I feel like it lingers sometimes. That's probably true, but also I feel like a bone bruise is kind of a sissy thing to be out for. Like, I don't know. I know it's worse than a regular bruise, but it just sounds so stupid. Yeah, I can I see where you're coming from that perspective. Damian Lillard had abdominal surgery this past week to deal with a lingering abdominal injury. He is set to miss at least six weeks. He will be reassessed at that point in time to see if he needs to take longer or if he is good to go. I'm glad he finally got his surgery because I feel like for like two straight weeks we've been talking about him at least. It just feels like someone admitting defeat. Like, I guess I'll have the surgery because I have to, which is dumb, but people are like that. Right. And there were a couple of trades this past week. I don't know when your trade deadline is. A long time from now, I expect. The first one is the Atlanta Hawks acquiring forward Kevin Knox II and a conditional future first round pick from the New York Knicks in exchange for forwards Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill, as well as a 2025 second-round pick and cash consideration. It sounds like someone got the better end of the deal. Yeah, it seems like the Knicks definitely loaded up on on some stuff. It does look like the trade deadline is February 10th, so a little bit of time still away, but not that far away. And the Detroit Pistons have rescinded their deal with the Nuggets for... Bull Bull? That's actually his name. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to mispronounce it because I mispronounce everything. Well, his dad played in the NBA and he had a different name, but last name Bull, obviously. Yeah. So The trade was announced on Monday and was rescinded due to medical concerns. The deal was to send Bull to Detroit in exchange for guard Rodney Magruder, along with a 2022 second round pick. I never found out what the medical concern was, but... Looking at a photo of him, like, he looks too thin to me. Like, he doesn't look athletically thin. He looks, like, sick thin. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just my perspective. His dad was also that thin. So just just very tall. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if, like, maybe they got COVID and had some problems after getting COVID or just some injury that's lingering or something. Could be any of the above. The NBA is doing a pretty good job at keeping who got COVID out of the news. Yeah. But I feel like you're going to have a bunch of people start to have medical issues with long-haul COVID because it happens to anybody, not just unhealthy people. Even athletes, as it turns out. Go figure. Yeah. But in the other NBA news, the NBA has fined Kevin Durant $15,000 for using profane language during a media interview and failing to comply with an NBA security interview. What does that mean? I don't know, but the profane language thing is just a dumb thing to collect a fine for, I feel like, at this point. It's like... If I can hold in my F-bombs, you can too. Right. I feel like it's not that complicated of an ask, but I guess it is. 
This is the second week in a row we've talked about post-game profane language. It's just a stupid reason to give away thousands of dollars. I agree wholeheartedly. Find a good charity. You can give it to them. They'll be very happy for it. In the world of soccer, the MLS Super Draft happened on Tuesday, January 11th. I didn't realize they did a Super Draft, but apparently they did. I didn't know that was a thing. I know that they drafted people. I just didn't know how they did it because, like, you're not pulling people out of, like, youth leagues. You're drafting Well, this is one of the things that makes this very different from European soccer. I don't know about anywhere other than Europe, but it's very different from European soccer, I know. As a whole, in European soccer, you, you can play from about the age of six for a club, realistically. And yes, they do trade players, but not at that age. Right. So, like, drafting is not a thing that happens. So, another reason the MLS is made up and the points don't matter, in my mind, anyways. Well, I'm going to discuss the top five picks, and I'm pretty sure the MLS matters to them. Number one overall is Charlotte FC selecting Maryland midfielder Ben Bender. His dad made that happen, I swear. On purpose, too, I would imagine. For number two overall, FC Cincinnati selected Indiana goalkeeper Roman Celentano. Celentano, sorry. That was way harder than it should have been. (laughs) I am very tired. Yeah. Okay, number three overall, FC Dallas selected St. Louis forward Isaiah Parker. Number four overall, Houston Dynamo FC selected Duke forward Thor LeFleur. There's no extra Olferson. L in there, but yeah. Thorl Ifer. Olferson. I am so sorry. Olfarson? Maybe? Who knows? I don't want to try the first name. I would. They got Thor. Yeah. And that's all that matters. And at number five overall, Austin FC selected St. Louis defender Kip Keller. Sounds like a good soccer name. And now coming out of the pitch, Kip Keller. Kip, 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 kip. Sorry. (laughs) That's just what popped into my head. We'll keep it short and sweet because every team is being affected by COVID in the Premier League and in the Bundesliga. We'll just go over the top five in the standings. You have Man City sitting in first place in the Premier League with 56 points. Liverpool in second place with 45 points. Chelsea in third place with 43 points. West Ham in fourth place with 37 points. And Arsenal in fifth place with 35 points. And Manchester United's creeping slowly back up, but they are in seventh place with 32 points. Newcastle United had an opportunity to get out of relegation, but of course, three minutes left in the game. Why not let the opposing team score a goal? Because might as well. Uh, They were probably tired. That's a horrible, (laughs) pathetic answer. That is an excuse that a GM of a hockey team has given in the past week so like it's a poor excuse no matter what sport it is but like it happens people make that excuse all the time in fairness though too in hockey they're playing all these makeup games so like some teams that normally play like two or three times a week are playing four or five times a week so this was the gm for a team that only played three games the week that he made that excuse well then not excuse. And if you know, you know. Now you know. And then on to the Bundesliga, you have Bayern Munich at first place with 46 points. Ooh, yes. Dortmund in second place with 40 points. Yay! Third place, Bayern Leverkusen uh, with 32 points. In fourth place, you have Hoffenheim with 31. And in fifth place, Union Berlin with 31 points. 
it's still kind of a weird top five. Like, it just still doesn't feel quite right. I mean, it's late enough in the season that it's not just, like, the beginning of the season fluke. Well, and then you have, like, Red Bull Leipzig, who's technically still in the top ten. They're in seventh. And then Mon Gladbach in twelfth. And then Wolfsburg in fourteenth. And Stuttgart in seventeenth. Like, it's just... Just sounds like a wonky season. Teams that are all, like, almost always top ten teams are, like, just not doing it. It's a weird year. COVID can do that, I guess. But that pretty much wraps up the sports episode for the night. I know that makes you happy. As always, yes. We are going to have the episode come up on Thursday for the books. And then we will be off for two weeks for our interseason break. And then we'll be coming back at you with season four and more news. And hopefully talking about what happened at the All-Star game for hockey. And then also talking more about football playoffs because Sadly. those will be very close to Super Bowl time at that point. So that's exciting. But while we are gone, make sure you check out all of our social media. The link will be in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you when we come back, guys. Bye. Bye.